You're tuned in to Atlanta Fringe Audio, the podcasting network of the Atlanta Fringe Festival. Want to win a couple of free tickets to the Atlanta Fringe Festival June 5th through 11th? Enjoy Fringe Audio and fill out the Fringe Audio crossword puzzle. It's that easy. 10 winners will be selected. Check out the description box for all the details or visit atlantafringe.org fringe dash audio. Now for the show. It's for general audiences. It may contain mild language, but has no overt violent or sexual content. Gatespring Productions presents The Foley Guy, a romance written by Johanna Beale Keller. Read by Derek Powell and Peggy Droz. Audio engineering by Patrick McDougall. Sound design and post-production by Douglas Quinn. Uh, hold on, I'm just queuing up the news. In three, two, one. Okay, come on in. Yeah, I'm Oliver. I've got the mic set up here. So... You're interviewing all us staff members here at the radio station? Got it. And you want me to talk about... What? A day that changed my life? Okay. A day that changed my life. (laughs) That's an easy one. Have a seat. It was afternoon. I was right here, right here in this studio. Probably editing something. And I get buzzed by Judy, the receptionist. Oliver? Somebody's here asking for the Foley artist. Can I send her back? I mean, who comes to a radio station looking for the Foley guy? Who even knows what Foley is? The rule in Foley is, if they notice you, you're sticking out too much. You're not doing the job right. What's Foley, you say? It's sound effects. Uh, A campfire sounds like this. See, I can do that by crinkling cellophane. Sometimes you need a door on rusty hinges, slowly opening. Or footsteps. But what kind of footsteps? Confident footsteps on pavement, like this? Sneaky footsteps on gravel? Angry high heels in a hurry across a wooden floor? One in a million people will notice Foley effects. They're supposed to just fade into the background, create a sense of reality. The guy who invented the field a hundred years ago in Hollywood when talkies came in, that was Jack Foley. That's where the name comes from. Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. Now, you might think doing Foley is kind of simple, but it can get really interesting. Take one of my favorites, Lord of the Rings. I'm a huge fan because the movies have awesome sound. For instance, how do you think they created the cave troll? Well, it turns out they made him inhale with the sound of a tiger. Exhale with a lynx. And his death groan comes from a walrus. Really, that's all true. Take those orcs in armor marching through the mines of Moria. Well, 
The sound guys strapped on a bunch of bottle caps and went stomping around. Sounds like an army marching, right? What does it matter? Well, you watch PBS nature shows. You're safe on your couch, and you hear a lion roar. You hear him breathing. You might think you don't feel anything, but deep down, in the collective memory, that sound takes you way back. Suddenly, you're in the dark, being hunted by a hungry lion. In your gut, you have a real response. That sound makes you feel something. So when you're really good at Foley, you're working on the psychological level. And that can get really deep. Anyway, that's me. I'm the geek who does sound effects in this little Midwest radio station. I'm proud of what we do here. I really am. I came to the station ten years ago, right out of college. It's like a family. There's Judy out front. Oliver? Oliver? Your pizza delivery's here. Uh, I'm sending him back to you. And there's the station manager. She's got a great pair of ears. And she encourages me to add music effects to our shows. What we call bumpers and stingers. Take the local news. Before I got here, there was some cheesy music for the intro and outro. I said, let's update. So she let me create this bumper that's a pylon of a train whistle, some radio static, an airplane taking off, a chorus, water splashing, all kinds of stuff layered in. So it sounds like... the news. Well, I admit it was trying to sound a little like Bernard Herrmann. He's the composer who wrote music for Hitchcock's films. To me, this theme, it sounds like how we live. And for the weather report, I created a whole bookshelf of weather folies. We queue up something appropriate, a howling blizzard, a thunderstorm, Even a breezy summer day with the sun shining. We've got it all. Oh, yeah, the day that changed my life. Well, you've probably guessed I'm like the ultimate nerd, right? Thick glasses, living alone. That day, I hadn't showered or shaved. And the studio door opens. And in walks this... Well, she looks nice. Red hair kind of sticking out all over, in a good way. And a turned up nose. Something about her, just kind of... Nice. You know, you get a first impression. Nice. She was asking for the Foley artist. That's me, I said. What's up? Well, she says... I just wanted to know how you did The Martian. The Martian? I was lost. 
Yeah, she says, last week on the radio drama. That squishy sound whenever the alien was moving around. Oh, I said, you mean this? Gosh, I'd put that show in the can the previous month and forgotten all about it. It was Jello, I explained. I went to the deli lunch buffet, bought up a huge bunch of it, put it in a big bowl, and I ran my hands through it under the mic. It sounds great, right? Wow, she says. It sounds sticky and slurpy. It really made me think of an alien. I couldn't figure out how you did that. It was so cool. That's what she said. And then she laughed. A beautiful laugh. Like sleigh bells. Yeah, a tinkly, like sleigh bells. Then she asked me about the theme for the news show. Yeah, I created that too. She said she really liked the rhythm. It made her look forward to the news. I showed her around my corner of the station. All the shelves of noise-making junk I collected. Metal tools. Chains. Trays of gravel. All kinds of fabric. A box of whistles. She liked those. And it made her laugh again. And I told her that most of the time, I'd just get out there with my equipment and grab gnat sound. That's natural sound. Cars whizzing by. Dogs barking. Stuff most people find boring. But not her. Wow, she kept saying. Wow. Finally, I get up the courage to ask her, Why are you interested in this? She said she'd been listening to the station for years and noticing the sounds. She was wondering how it was done, and who was doing it. She decided to find out. Turns out, she's a cellist, plays with the orchestra. After a while, I ran out of things to show her. Well, she said. Well, thanks. Thanks for the tour. And she went out, and the door shut. And she was gone. I spent the next week going crazy. I couldn't get her out of my mind. Every time I created another effect, I thought about her hearing it on the radio. In all the years I've done this, I've never once thought about the listeners like that. The people who hear my work through their ad sets, laptops, car radios. Once I get the sound through my ears and into the can or on the airwaves, it's over and out. But now, all I could think about was that she was out there, listening. She was listening. And I hadn't even asked her name. Stupid, right? I'm so stupid. There's only one sound for what I was feeling. The Wilhelm scream. It's a long story, but you can look it up. And I just kept playing the Wilhelm scream over and over because that's exactly how bad I felt. 
A week later, I'm queuing up a PSA. That's a public service announcement, a kind of promo thing. And it's about the orchestra concert happening the next week. Bingo! I get myself cleaned up. I buy a new flannel shirt, new socks, get my hair trimmed. I show up to work that day, and when I walk by the reception desk, Judy's there. Oliver, good morning. You were in such a hurry you didn't stop to talk. What's going on with you? By the way, you look nice today. You look very, very nice. Nice. I want to look nice. So I'm at the concert hall. Actually, it's the high school auditorium. I buy a ticket for halfway back, dead center, where the best acoustics are. I get in my seat way too early and the hall is empty. For the next hour, I just sit and listen to how that cold, hollow echo gradually changes as the auditorium fills up. People settling in, chatting, where the seats are creaking, the bodies and hats and coats gradually soften the acoustic, give it a glow, and it becomes a kind of friendly hubbub. Orchestra players come on stage, one by one, adjusting their stands, warming up with snippets of what's on the program. And then, she walks on. I'm like, I hear my own heart actually thumping. The oboist plays A440. It takes me right back. Mom and Dad, we always went to the symphony orchestra tuning. That's just a great sound, isn't it? Because music is about to happen. I'm wondering, how come I never get out to hear music anymore? What's wrong with me? Going home alone every night? Watching Lord of the Rings again? And for the next two hours, I'm just floating. The orchestra you get this wash of people making music together in real time, in real space. And she's beautiful up there, like a red-headed angel with a cello. There's five cellists on stage, three men and two women. So I think to check the program book. Among the cellists, Mabel Rosen and Arwen Lloyd. Arwen? Arwen? Outside of Middle-earth, who is named Arwen? Arwen, the even star, the half-elven daughter of Elrond. Really? My red... Oh, God, I'm already calling her my redhead. She has got to be named Arwen. It's a good concert. Mozart, Brahms, Debussy, and a well-crafted suite by a local composer. I remember him from years back when I engineered one of his recordings. And then it's over. I'm stumbling back to the green room. The musicians are talking, packing up their instruments, heading out the door. There, in the corner, there she is. I start to go over. But the composer comes in, and he and she they have a big hug. 
I turn away, and I get out of there. Fast. I'm out the back door, walking on the street. And of course it's raining. What was I thinking? Stupid. So stupid. When I get home, I end up on the couch, watching Fellowship and Two Towers all the way to the Battle of Helm's Deep. I think I only got an hour of sleep. The next day, I really feel like hell. So lousy. I even snap at Judy when she buzzes me. What do you want? Oliver, your friend's here. She's on her way back to see you. What? The door opens. She pops her head in like it's no big deal. Her red hair's going everywhere. She says, I saw you backstage at the concert last night. Why didn't you come say hi? You want to go for lunch? What? I swear, my mouth was hanging open. I swear that ten seconds passed. Ten seconds, an eternity in the world of radio, before I can answer. Yes. Yes, I say. Yes. And then, I take her to my favorite place in the whole world. Well, not right away. That was after we went to the Rooster Cafe for lunch. And after I found out her parents loved Tolkien's book so much, they named her Arwen. And after I found out she's single and good friends with that composer who's happily married to her best friend. And after I found out she was just as excited as I was when they released the sound of the Big Bang a few years back. Do you remember that? It was like a jet landing fast and a falling tone and a hiss when the stars were being formed like a time capsule that was the beginning of the universe. I listened to it maybe a hundred times. And I found out she did that too. Like maybe a thousand times, she said. The beginning beginning of the universe. And we were both grinning. So after lunch, I drive Arwen over to Kettle Lake, to my spot. We hike around the shore to that place opposite the big cliff. Years before, when I was young and still thought I had a chance, I had taken a few women there. Not one of them got it. But here I am again. I stand next to her, looking at the lake and the cliff. Then I call out her name, and it comes back. Arwen! Arwen! Then, very faintly, she stands still. She's listening. I can tell she's listening to everything. The water lapping the rocks. The birds nearby and far away. The wind in the treetops. Wow, she says. Wow. And then, and then, she kisses me.
and that was The Foley Guy, A Romance. Written by Johanna Beal Keller. Read by Derek Powell and Peggy Droz. Audio engineering by Patrick McDougall. Sound design and post-production by Douglas Quinn. From Gatespring <laughs> Productions. We would like to thank our Atlanta Fringe audio sponsor, Could Be Pretty Cool, a production company whose mission is to inspire community building through the arts. You can binge all of our audio shows at atlantafringe.org slash fringe dash audio or wherever you enjoy your podcasts.